0: Welcome to my monthly podcast titled Becoming a Sage. My name is Jan Freed, but you can call me Dr. Jan. I interview people about wisdom, how to find meaning on a daily basis, a concept I call breadcrumb legacy. I'm passionate about helping people get from where they are to where they want to be, particularly in the second half of life. I do this as a leadership coach, speaker, teacher, workshop facilitator. I also say I'm out to retire the word retirement. We are not retiring from life, but we're moving on to something else. And I believe it takes time and intentional thought to successfully move on to what's next in life. I talk more about living your best life in my latest book that just came out this year, Breadcrumb Legacy, How Great Leaders Live a Life Worth Remembering. And if you go to my website, janfree.com, there's a 20% discount code from the publisher. I interviewed Susan Latremoy. After a 38-year career as a wealth advisor, Susan transitioned into a new but related career. During those years, she watched many of her clients move into retirement with high hopes and plenty of money only to become disillusioned and actually depressed with no place for her to turn to help them. After selling her wealth business in 2019, Susan co-founded Next Chapter Lifestyle Advisors, which supports financial advisors in providing information and education about lifestyle planning to their retiring clients. Now listen to our conversation about Next Chapter Lifestyle Advisors. And I honestly believe this is a great interview because she, Susan Helps, people uh, intentionally think about how to successfully move on to what's next in life. Well, welcome to the Becoming a Sage podcast, Susan. Thank you, Jan. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Well, I am thrilled to have you here. And I just want to start off with, you know, a lot of things that we talk about in this uh, podcast have to do with transition. So talk about you transitioning From being a financial advisor for 38 years to then co founding Next Chapter Lifestyle Advisors?
1: Sure, be happy to talk about that. Well, after all, it is a transition. It was a transition that I went through, but it was a natural segue from what I was doing before. So, as you mentioned, I spent 38 years as a financial advisor helping my clients plan their financial futures and manage their wealth. And during that time, I noticed that especially the ones that had enough money to retire, that finances wasn't the first thing on their mind. What was more on their mind was what am I going to do with my life in retirement after I give up my business, my profession, my career, whatever. And I felt that in this day and age where financial advisors are trying and supposed to be more holistic in their approach that this was a real gap in the services that were, they were offering. After all, how can you do, as a financial advisor, how can you do a good financial plan for someone unless you know what their life's all about and what the lifestyle is that they want to lead in retirement? So for me, it was a transition, yes, from the financial side to the non-financial side, but it was a natural progression for me from a career perspective.
0: Yeah, no, it's interesting because again, as a financial advisor, you're helping people accumulate wealth, but then the question is, well, for what, for what purpose, you know, beyond, you know, their sustainability in terms of living. So, well, I think that's wonderful. Well, talk about the best way to plan. What should people, like I say, I'm out to plan or, you know, retire the word retirement, but what's the best way for people to plan the next phase of their life? And, you know, when should they start? How should they do it? Um, yeah, give us some tips there.
1: Sure. Well, I think there's no ideal time to start. In a perfect world, uh, you would start probably three, maybe even up to five years ahead of your actual retirement date or your unretirement date, as you might say, um, to think about what you want in this next phase of life. A lot of people can't think that far ahead and maybe life circumstance don't permit that So they're waiting until closer to the time. And then we have some people, some of our clients that are what we call on the cusp of retirement. You know, they know they have a retirement date set for the end of the year, but they haven't given it any thought because they're just so busy wrapping up their career and their business and so on. And then, of course, there are people that are retired involuntarily. And of course, they're caught off guard with the plans and so on. But even our work is suitable for people that have retired because a lot of people go into retirement and just kind of drift along. And then they, they wake up one day and say, my time left is finite. And I wanna make sure I'm using it to the best of my ability and to enjoy it the most. And so there's really no one size fits all in terms of timing, pre-retirement, on the cusp of retirement, involuntary retirement, or already retired. All of these people benefit from doing retirement, non-financial retirement lifestyle planning. So the first uh, thing to, to, I think, understand and to follow here is the fact that retirement is not a perpetual vacation. People often go into retirement thinking, oh, I'll just go to Florida and play golf, or travel is all I want to do, or, you know, they want to spend all their time doing a hobby that they, that they enjoy. But the problem is, we call it hedonic adaptation.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, it's
1: a term that means when you do something all the time it loses its appeal Um, it's like if you were if you had all the chocolate you wanted to eat (laughs) after a while you'd say I can't eat another square of chocolate Um, because we get used to the pleasure that it brings and then it doesn't bring as much pleasure anymore and that's what happens in retirement as well people get accustomed to the leisure to the travel whatever and then they're saying what next so This is the first thing to be aware of is that the stereotypes that are painted by often by the media and the advertisers and so on is this picture of perfection holding hands walking down a beach or getting onto a cruise ship and the reality is life is in the day-to-day moments and that's what you have to think about when you're starting to plan for the retirement is what does every day look like not just the special occasions but what does seven days a week morning afternoon and evening 21 time slots a week for umpteen years that you're that you have ahead of you so that's what people have to do first is get their head around the the, the fact that it's not just a perpetual vacation the next step is to use one of the tools that um, actually my business partner marianne osher developed and wrote about in her book your happiness portfolio for retirement it's not about the money not that money isn't important in retirement. It certainly is as a facilitator to live the, the life you want, but it's not the whole picture. So we believe that looking at your life from a lens of these eight areas of the happiness portfolio is really the best way to think about it. And um, so once you think about it that way, it's really no different than the way you'd look at your financial portfolio, which is made up of different asset classes and there's a balance to to a good financial portfolio well the same thing in life it's good to have a diversified life balance and life portfolio to to follow so our model your happiness portfolio is really an ideal way for people to start to look at it and um, that and the happiness portfolio is is written up in marianne's book which is available in audible on audible or in paperback um, as well on amazon And it really is a do-it-yourself guide for people that think they can plan this on their own. However, I would like to add in here that just like getting in shape, personal training, losing weight, a lot of things that we do in life, it's better to have a coach. It's better to have somebody working with you to achieve your goals. And in that regard, at Next Chapter Lifestyle Advisors, we work with people one-on-one or one in couples to actually help them plan their retirement lifestyle. So those are a couple of tips on on how to approach it and uh, either the do it yourself way with getting a book and being diligent with the homework or using a, a coach or a consultant that someone like the work that we do to help them do that planning. Well, that
0: those are great tips. And I am familiar with the happiness portfolio and I think it is a great tool. Um, are there other tools or resources that you think people you know, you might guide my listeners to a lot is being written about in this area. Now it's becoming kind of popular with baby boomers. So, um, other resources that you want to share?
1: Well, we also, um, you know, I published a book, um, last September called nine steps to a rich life retirement, live well, give back, leave a legacy. So that also has some ideas in it taking, it's taking more of a philosophical approach and thinking about what does a rich life really entail. So I think um, books are a great way and um, you know they're not there's not a lot written about this area as yet in the way of books, but certainly there's starting to be more and more articles in in major publications about uh, retirement as well. And about the non-financial side of retirement, because most of the industry literature still is very financially focused. No, um, true. I, yeah. We don't we don't offer group workshops, but I know it's starting to become more popular to to be in a group of other people that are also going through this transition, this phase of life, and um, to be in another in a, in a group setting like that. So I think it's either you you do it yourself with the book, you find a group that you work with. Or you do the one-on-one, which for us is sort of the Cadillac version of of uh, planning. Exactly. I would.
0: Um, I was going to mention some podcasts. There are there are some podcasts that I think are very good too. And one that I'm enjoying recently. Again, they just profile women, but this one's focused on women. But Julia Louis uh, um, Dreyfus.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Uh, and it has something to do with wisdom. Uh, or wiser than me I think it's wiser wiser
1: than me yes yes actually I've I've listened to a few of those podcasts yeah Yeah. they're
0: very interesting and they're and uh she get of course with her stature she can interview some really uh interesting people Jane Fonda I think was her first one but yeah wiser than me I like that a lot and there are others too but well what are the three most if you had to pick three because I like three as a number uh most important things to do when planning for what's next. The next phase of life
1: good well first as i mentioned is get into the right headspace to be mm-hmm. able to plan and not just think that life's going to unfold magically and it'll all be you know wine and roses i would say secondly if you're in a relationship if you have a partner or a spouse or significant other it's a really good idea to start planning together because one of the perils of independent planning is that you get on two different wavelengths. And so we see the peril of not talking to your spouse or engaging them leading to that um, unfortunate situation called gray divorce, People planning and leaving each other at this stage of life. And part of that could be the fact that when they were both busy and working in their careers or businesses, they it masked some of the underlying relationship issues, but it could also be that they have very different ideas of what they want to do. For example, we know of a couple where he wanted to get an RV and travel around Europe nonstop. And she said, I can't leave the grandkids for that long. And so they ultimately ended up splitting up because they weren't on the same wavelength about it. So very important to to, uh, talk to your significant other, your partner or spouse, about what your plans are together or independently. And we're great believers in two types of time, me time and we time. We're not saying that just because you're retired, you should be spending all your time with your partner, um, but carving out time for yourself, for your friends and so on. And then obviously time together, things that you're going to do, activities. So all of that takes a process. And I would say that would be the third point I would make is that it doesn't just happen magically and following a process really is helpful. So in the work we do, we actually have a five step process that we guide people through. And they start with an assessment of who they really are, what their lifestyle priorities are at this stage of life, what's important to them, what motivates them. And then there's a a period of reflection and deeper thinking as well. And we put that together, who you are and your deeper reflection and thinking to come up with the clarity about what's next. Then, of course, building the happiness portfolio, looking at these eight areas of life and saying, what do I want in each of these areas? Whether it be work that needs to be done on health or spiritual growth or learning and self development, perhaps family and friends, um, uh, you know, giving back to the community or volunteering. These all can be part of it. But certainly, when it comes to retirement, one size does not fit all retirement is as unique to the individual as anything else so Mm. it's not not wise to fall into the stereotype and i had this happen to me when i sold my wealth practice was oh now you can volunteer you can join this board well it just wasn't for me but that was what people thought i should be doing is is becoming a volunteer little did they know that i had it in me to start another business (laughs) (laughs) well that's wonderful and those are great tips and I would encourage my
0: listeners to check out both of the books that you mentioned that sounds great Um, so I want to shift gears a little bit because I always like to ask my uh, interviewees a few questions about legacy since that's my passion and actually I think you mentioned that in your nine steps that you talk about legacy in your book how do you define legacy
1: I think for me, legacy is how do you want to be remembered? And what do you want to do to make a contribution to the world after you're gone? And some people, of course, jump right away to the financial legacy and they say, well, I can't leave a legacy. I don't have enough money to donate money for the hospital wing or to make a difference in a charity. But I don't think legacy has to be purely financial. It's great if you have the means and resources, but it's not a requirement. Legacy really could be raising a good family it could be doing something in your community it could be planting a tree it could be taking care of of a piece of property Um, it could be environmental there's so many ways that we can each make a contribution and you know whether our legacy gets remembered five generations from now I don't think is as important as the fact that it touches the people that we leave behind when we go And so to me, a legacy is, is a good legacy is almost like reading someone's obituary and having admiration for what they've created. And it could be partly professional, could be family, it could be philanthropic, it could be community. There are just so many areas, Um, but being a good role model, I think is, is a wonderful aspiration for people.
0: Well, I agree. And many of the small things that you mentioned, I would call breadcrumbs. So exactly. Yeah, yeah. Trump, you know that. And I love how you said, you know, we may not be remembered way into the future, but um, if we can touch the people who remember us now and that will live on. That's wonderful. Well, what would be a legacy story? I mean, I know you gave examples, but can you think of a legacy story that you might share?
1: Of someone that has left a legacy yes actually I can go I don't even need to go outside of my family okay I have an aunt who died at the age of 96 who was really a mentor and a role model to me Um, she was a holocaust survivor oh wow and um, then got involved in children um, with handicaps and her started a foundation that the Marriott Foundation now carries on in perpetuity so a bit of a legacy there Yes, And then she wrote her memoirs mm-hmm. really as a way for the family members to understand our family roots and what happened with the war and so on. And, and she did a remarkable job of documenting her memoirs, so much so that the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C. discovered her and she became a guide and a docent and a translator for the Holocaust Museum. So she has touched thousands and thousands of people with her messages about what you do matters and the you know the hopefully the prevention of this kind of atrocity that happened in her life. So I feel her legacy is strong on many counts. She certainly goes down in our family as having left a huge legacy. Personally she was a role model to me and to some of my siblings and family members. And I think for the world at large, she's left a a remarkable legacy as well. So that would be a close to home example of uh, a wonderful legacy.
0: Well, Susan, that's a very powerful story. So thank you for sharing. Well, I always like to ask my interviewees, what else should my listeners know that I did not ask? Uh, What are your other words of wisdom on this topic that you'd want to share?
1: Well, um, I hope I've said most of it in, uh, in the questions that you've asked me, but I think the big thing is that people assume that retirement is going to be this wonderful time of life and they have this assumption about it and that it doesn't need planning. And I would maintain that the, that the best retirements are the one where there's thought put into it, where you actually intentionally set out your life plan It may not always stay on course, but that you be intentional about what you want. And the reason I say that is that sometimes um, when you don't have a plan, people fill in your time for you. And I've often heard from clients and people say, I'm so busy every day, but at the end of the day, I don't really know what I accomplished or I don't feel that I've accomplished anything. And to me, that comes from that lack of intentionality and the idea that, well, you're retired, so you can pick up the slack at, the, at home or in volunteer role in your organizations and community and so on. And I think that, you know, to be intentional about what you want is key. And having a lifestyle plan is the methodology really to get there. Oh, I love that.
0: Well, my focus in this series is to help people make the rest of life the best of life. So Susan, this has been a rich conversation. Thank you very much. May the rest be the best for you. Thank you.